Welcome back to another episode of Small Business Dads. My name's Daniel Monday. Thanks for tuning in and checking us out for another week. Cool little chat today that I want to share with you from Cameron Eli. He's from Interglow Lighting. Now, Cameron shares some awesome tips as a single dad. Uh, so if you've separated from the mother of your children, great little tips that Cameron shows that he's really made um, that he uses to help make the most of his time with his kids, which you might find helpful as a dad. And Cameron also has got some cool little advice that he would um, go back in time and tell his younger self. So really cool chat today, great little insights. And the, and from a personal perspective, I love his fitness challenge that he set himself as well. So tune in for those. Great little chat with Cameron. I hope you enjoyed as much as I did. And welcome back to another episode of Small Business Dads. Today, I've got with me Cameron Eli from Interglow Lighting. How are you, Cameron? Yeah, good. Thanks, Daniel. Mate, I appreciate you coming on and giving us uh, a bit of uh, bit of insight into who you are and about what you do and about your family and kids and so forth. But before we get into all of that, tell us a bit more about you. What's your backstory? Um, well, I'm, uh, I'm 47. Um, got a fairly young family you know my kids my youngest turns 11 today um, happy birthday and my my oldest is uh is 14 um yeah so i'm 47 i've been um you know running my own business for five years now um and haven't haven't really stuck to any one industry uh for the journey you know i don't have a trade um i don't have a degree just always been a bit entrepreneurial and um you know, generally good organizer, good at logistics. So just found my way uh, uh, through the workforce to now where I'm, I'm pretty settled doing what I'm doing. So obviously, you know, with the two dads, uh, sorry, with the two kids, it's that you've got a lot on your plate by trying to manage a business, trying to manage a parent or well, one almost teenager and one definite teenager. What have you found has been, well, one, probably the easiest thing about combining the two, but then on the flip side, also the hardest? Um, well, it was actually three. That was the youngest and the oldest. There's one in the middle of those two. So I've got a 13-year-old girl as well. Um, what's been the hardest thing? Um, look, it, it's just a constant juggling act. Um, you know, I got... Uh, I separated from my wife about two and a half years ago. Um, so that was a significant change in how things were working. Um, uh, I think you've got to be pretty disciplined with your time and your um, probably attention more than time. Um, you know, it's really easy when, you know, you're running your own business and things, you know, aren't going well or they're busy. You know, you've got to be able to put that to one side and, be available and present for your kids when you come home from work. Yep. Um, you know, and that's probably the biggest challenge is, is just, you know, leaving at the door and making sure you, you, you're present for them when you get home. I think. Yeah. Well, it's definitely, it's definitely got its pros and cons, hasn't it? Like the pros you can obviously set when you want to work and when you want to leave the office and, or, you know, wherever you're working and, but on the flip side, it doesn't stop. Either your mind's racing 100 miles an hour because you've got to solve X, Y, Z, and it's hard to sometimes draw that line. So, you know, you've got to give it to anyone who actually steps up and wants to be involved in the kid's life. What's the biggest thing for you that you find that makes you just say, okay, enough's enough like when you've got the kids? Um, I don't know, maybe it's because 
the shared parenting, I'm not sure, but you find that you're more uh, present with them or have you got something to pass on to another dad that might be in the same situation that, that, that you found works for your situation? Um, not really. Just, just probably the only advice is be, you know, be kind to yourself. You know, it's, it's hard. Um, and sometimes you get it right and sometimes you don't. And the kids will generally let you know. Um, you know, you find if they're distancing themselves from you, like you come home, they just disappear to their room and they don't come out, you know, they decide it's more fun playing Fortnite than um, interacting. And with dad. Well, that's, that's probably a mirror. You're doing the same thing to them. Yeah, that's um, good tip. The other thing with the shared, with the shared custody, it's, it's like, you know, I've always been, you know, I've never been afraid of hard work. And if I've, you know, if I've got work issues, I throw time at them and, and make them go away. I can only do that when I, when I'm not being a single parent. Um, so it's all, almost this mind shift for me where, you know, when I've got the kids, I've got to be very disciplined, very disciplined with my time and say no a lot more. When yeah. I can't commit a less amount of time. When I don't have the kids and I'm effectively a, you know, a bachelor, um, you can go to town on it. You know, I can, I can I go as hard as I like. Yeah. But you know, my my customers don't know, you know, which, you know, which person they're dealing with yes. <laughs> at the time during that cycle. So, you know, that's 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 fun. It's a challenge, but um, you know, I think I think it's all working all right. Well, but the thing is that uh, so I think just some of those insights that you share is a great little point, and that if your kids aren't responding, mate, it always comes back on reflection of us. I think that's a good take-home point for anyone listening. But um, what I want to do now is just get a bit more of an idea about what you do with Interglow. So give us a bit of a rundown. Obviously, you said you've been around for five years, but like, give us an idea of whereabouts you're based and what you do and who you normally serve. And yeah, so. Um... So we're based in, in Melbourne, in uh, Dingley, um, but we, uh, we do work all around the country. Um, uh, primarily, we work in commercial lighting. Um, you know, we do a bit of manufacturing, a uh, bit of importing. Um, uh, but probably the, um, you know, the, the key part of our business um, is we specialise in value managing um, lighting projects. So generally, we're dealing with um, builders, um, electricians, wholesalers, um, sometimes developers, uh, who have got something running over budget. Um, so uh, we'll sit down with them and, um, you know, work out different ways that, uh, you know, we can save the money while delivering the, um, the same result. Um, you know, sometimes it's money, sometimes it's lead time. But, you know, really we're about, you know, helping people solve their, uh, their procurement problems around lighting. Nice. So obviously we don't have to go into specifics, but like how has the current situation affected things with you? Like, is it all systems go as per normal or it's been a bit of a, you know, a bit of a slow grind or how, like if you're not comfortable, that's fine. But um, like I know a lot of dads have taken a hit and, uh, and there's others on the flip side that are going really well. Um, no, we're certainly in a part of the industry that's copped a fair whack from it. Um, and, you know, that hasn't resolved itself yet. Um, I think, you know, you know, we do a lot of commercial interiors, you know, like office fit out work and that sort of thing. And, and, you know, right through, right through business, I think if you've got cash, you're going to hold on to it at the moment. So if you're looking at investing in infrastructure or sprucing up your office, or, you know, you're going to move into a bigger space, um, you've just said, no, nah, hang on, 
you know, I'm not going to spend that money because I don't know how, um, you know, how the coronavirus situation is going to resolve. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, a lot of stuff's gone on hold. A lot of people have gone missing. I mean, you know, that's that's probably the hardest thing is relationships you've had with, you know, project managers and stuff like that. You know, you just can't get a hold of them. So whether they've been stood down or, you know, uh, or let go, you know, it's 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 really, it's just been really disruptive, and, and no one knows. Um, and so the uncertainty just means that people don't spend. Um, uh, operationally, it's been a real challenge. You know, we, uh, um, you know, most lighting comes in some way, shape, or form out of um, China, and the supply chain out of China has been stuffed since we got back from Christmas, really. Um, yeah, well, they they experienced it all earlier, obviously. So it means the borders would have shut from, and they were one of the first to go, I think, from memory on the restrictions list. Yeah, yeah, and then and and now just because there's no, um, uh, there's no passenger um, flight capacity. I mean, most air freight does travel on um, passenger planes. Okay. Um, and because no one's because no one's flying in or out of China or anywhere actually, no, no, well, yeah. just no, no capacity. So you know, whereas I could get something shipped from China in three days, you know, prior now it can be sort of nearly two three weeks. It's almost quicker to put it on a boat. Yeah, and, definitely. Um, you know, so so your ability to react and do things in a hurry has been, um, you know, uh, curtailed. And, and the cost the cost of air freight's just gone through the roof. You know, like two three times what it was. Um, yeah, so so you know, it's a challenge. I mean, we're we're lucky. Um, you know, the business is in a pretty good cash position. Um, you know, we've got a fair bit of stock, but we also got a, ma- a local manufacturing capability. So we've been picking up a bit of work where people haven't had to import it. So we've been making it. Um, you know, so so we're. You know, you, you hope you come out of the end of this having increased your market share by. You know, staying in the game and staying active. I think that's the that's the positive thing to take out of it. Well, Some that's people a th- hiding in the holes. You, you got ah, well, You got to get out, don't you? That's uh, it's the one thing that I've tried to take out. Like you know, obviously every industry to a degree. There's obviously some exceptions to the rule if you're on a share owner in Zoom or something like that. But for the most part, we've all taken a bit of a hit. But there's like you say, I like the you've got to take a positive in some degree out of. Otherwise, it's a waste of two months, is what I like to say. Like you know, and it's not all roses. But there's another thing that interests me then when you mentioned the manufacturing locally, there's one of the earlier guests I had who's in the uniform business and he's focused and he's pushing now is going back and doing stuff locally. And instead of getting stuff sourced from China or from overseas, wherever, you know, country does it a little bit cheaper or wherever, about putting stuff back locally. And I think you might, I don't know about it with the lighting industry, but I think there might be a big push coming out one of the positives that we can take out is a big push to buy local again and everyone's like getting behind small businesses your local cafes and all that sort of stuff when they all went into you know restricted service and can only do takeaways and i can see it filtering across through a few different industries i don't know what your perspective of that is um i i hope it goes that way um uh, it will only go that way if um, the levels of government uh, push it that way, um, and I fear that they don't have the uh, political will to do that. I mean, at, at the at the end of the day, um, if you can buy it 
the made in China version for three dollars and the made in Australia version for ten dollars. Um, I just don't see that businesses are going to pay that extra amount. Uh, I think it's still going to come back to you know profitability. Um, I don't think it should. I, I, I really think that Australian manufacturing should be incentivized and encouraged. Um, well, maybe uh, that's where it is, you know, subsidies it. or something. Yeah, because our labor laws just make it impossible. Right. Uh, really, really impossible. Um, it's interesting. And- it's interesting to hear that perspective. And I think, you know, I, I think maybe there might be, there's always going to be someone that wants to pay, you know, based on storytelling and so forth. If you create the story, you know, there's, and it's all comes down to your marketing, I guess, but let's try and shift gears and go now to a positive side of things. You've obviously in five years, you've probably had some, uh, some big stories and some big wins that you'd like to reflect back on now, especially now when things aren't always rosy. Is there any that you feel that you, whether you picked up any, industry awards or anything like that, or just some stories that where you've really been able to help transform some other businesses that you want to share with us. Chance to give yourself a bit of a wrap um, now. Yeah, we, we were involved in a, um, a project probably about this time last year, um, a, a huge karaoke, um, karaoke bar called Oceans 12 at Crown Casino um, down here in Melbourne. Um, probably the biggest project we've worked on to date. Um, and that actually won uh, an Asofia award for the, um, uh, the best fit out in Victoria. Um, and that was right in our, uh, right in our sweet spot. Like it was a challenge, like technically, uh, cause it was, a, there was a lot involved. Um, but, uh, you know, project running well over budget. Um, you know, we managed to offer significant cost savings and, you know, the end result is absolutely spectacular. Um, so, so that was good. And, and it was good that our, um, our customer, uh, 168, um, group, uh, you know, won the Asofia fit out of the year. It was good to be involved in. Nice. Well, if it's going to be a crown, it's got to be pretty flash. They're not going to have anything ordinary associated with their brand in that, in that premises, are they? Uh, no, no. In the entrance, you know, like, uh, you know, one of the parts of it that was just, you know, a real challenge. And, and again, uh, this might, this is contrary to what I was saying before, but, you know, they, they wanted these hand blown glass um, discs all through the front entrance and, um, you know, hand blown glass is painful, but they needed like uh, 1500 of them. Um, and at the price point, you know, like no one in Australia was going to be able to complete that job, you know, inside, you know, 18 months it would take them to make it all. So, you know, I actually had to take those over and get them made in China. Um, and, and you know, that's, that's the thing about Australian manufacturing. You know, sometimes you just have to do it. They either don't yeah. do it or you find a way to do it for the price. Um, but, yeah, no, it was, it, was a, it was a really exciting project to be involved in that one and, um, you know, really happy with the result. Nice to look back on when you go in there to have a bit of a flutter on the tables when you walk in and see... Oh. Yeah, I don't think I find my way up to the uh, karaoke bar. <laughs> <laughs> um, All right. Well, mate, um, there's one thing I love to get insight in, and it's about on the you know going back to you and finding about your interests and about your hobbies and so forth. What do you normally like to get into when you do have the downtime? Um, probably my uh, main hobby and the most enduring one is um, uh, I play the bagpipes. Um, and 
have done since uh, since school. Um, so uh, you know, um, playing a band and we compete you know, at a fairly high level. Um, we went to the World Championships in Scotland last year, so that that keeps me pretty busy um, between you know practicing myself and the band, um, and um, also starting to get you know a bit back into the uh, the fitness stuff. I used to you know do a bit of bike racing and triathlon before I had kids, and um, you know just starting to um, starting to get going again. Uh, so I'd hopefully slow down the aging process <laughs> well none of us are getting any younger we're not 21 again my body tells me that every day but um there's one thing i do believe that you're aiming towards for your 50th if you want to share a bit of that with us yeah i i um i generally work better when i've got a a, a goal to work towards um you know like uh, i'm prone to being you know overweight and the only times I've successfully lost a lot of weight in the past has been when I've set myself, you know, like the first time I did it, I uh, set myself a goal of running a marathon. And then the, the second time, you know, I wanted to do an Ironman um, triathlon. That was before my um, first child was born. Um, uh, and, you know, in both cases I've, I've you know, gotten to pretty good nick. Um, so, uh, yeah, probably before Christmas, I realised that that was really missing. You know, I was just getting, you know, very sedentary and very unhealthy and very overweight. So I said, bugger it. Um, I have some unfinished business because I never got to do my Ironman, um, you know, 14 years ago because my son was born very premature and that sort of... That sort takes of away all that training time. You can't go there half on a half preparation, that's for sure. Oh, no, no, just, uh, yeah, the, the bike didn't come out of the box for 10 years after that and it was all rusted out. So, um, yeah, so I've decided, you know, after I turned 50, I, I want to do the, um, the Ironman, probably Bustleton. Um, nice. So, you know, so that, that gives me a good, you know, three years to, um, you know, lose the weight and get, in, um, get the training in. Um, I think that's realistic and, and should, keep me, should keep me honest. Well, it keeps you motivated, but it also gives it gives you a reason to get out of bed when maybe a cold winter morning when you may not be bothered, but just you know you got that goal in the back of your mind that you got to cross off. And I was speaking with a going back to one of the earlier guests that I had on my show. He's uh, he's a, a I forget the numbers now, but it was twenty or thirty kilos he lost, and he did something similar. He said he was going to run a marathon, and he set himself a two year goal, and just he realised he went for a run one day and something that he used to be able to do easy, and he got 500 metres up the road and he was buggered and sort of planted that seed like yourself and he was able to knock it off and until all this stuff with all the borders shutting uh, stopped his dreams, he's already knocked off a couple of his goals of doing all these global marathons. So similar sort of process. I think it works for someone to have, especially when you're highly driven and so you said before you like to just attack something and so I think doing something like this, it's obviously going to be healthier for you and for now and in the end result, it'll benefit your kids as well because you'll be less, you know, you'll be more, uh, you'll be the endorphins that you'll get from your training and you'll be more present and less fatigued and tired and all that sort of stuff as well. I think it all rolls into one. Um, yeah, and, and, and I also think, um, you know, the example you set for your kids, I mean, it's getting harder and harder these days to get your kids active and get them outside to do stuff. Um, you know, so I think there's a real example you can set 
um, not to just sit in front of a computer all the time, but to, um, you know, if they see you getting out and, and uh, you know, getting after it, you know, it might encourage them to be a bit more active and, um, you know, come and join you. Um, you know, maybe, you know, ride along on the bike if you go for a run and stuff like that. Well, that's the way to do it, isn't it? Like, you know, I figure there's enough of bad habits of mine that my kids can pick up. So if they can see me exercise, at least I'm passing something positive off to them. And they're only young. They're a bit younger than yours. But I like to, at least at least they know that getting in there from an early age, that's a normal thing to do. So, and they think it's cool when they can jump on the floor and join in with some push-ups or whatever. So it's a good little thing to get the kids along. Even though it might be a harder struggle for yours being a bit older, they might be a bit more resistant. Yeah, well, they've got their own, um, you know, they think Fortnite's a good exercise. You know? <laughs> yeah. We have to make them run behind a, uh, behind you on the bike or something with the screen attached to the back. Oh, uh, well, at least, at least, at least doing TikTok dances is a little bit, um, a little bit of exercise for them. Is that your new, uh, is that your new challenge? Is it through all this isolation stuff? Um, not, not mine, but my daughter. Is, <laughs> Leave it to the kids. Rabbit on TikTok. You know, but even, even you know, like it's, it's changed so much. I mean, as I said, I haven't, I haven't done any serious training for, you know, 14, 14 years. Um, so things have changed a lot. But, you know, one of the first things I invested in was a, you know, a decent, um, you know, bike trainer. The, uh, the ones that, you know, connect by Bluetooth to your computer and, you know, so the kids get to watch that and, uh, you know, the, the race comes up on the screen, you know, on Zwift or something like that. And, and you know, they just want to hop on the bike because for them, it's like a computer game. Well, that's a good way to do it. It's a nice little subtle way to plan exercise in them is throw it in front of the TV. It's a bit different to the old days when I used to hop on the exercise bike with the Tour de France to have video on repeat from the night before. Yeah, well, it, and, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's certainly going to, you know, that was... One of the things is just time management, you know, particularly on the bike, the amount of time that you need to spend on the bike, um, you know, is, is pretty extreme. But, you know, getting uh, getting a trainer so you can, you know, go at exactly the right intensity and, you know, you can do it at 10 o'clock at night or 6 o'clock in the morning and, you know, actually not have to get out the door. You know, That's it's, cool, it's, you know, it's, it's just about fitting it in. You know, well, it's a good compromise. So. Nice. Yeah. Well, if I can ask one more thing, I'd like to go a bit left field for these ones, but just to get a bit, it gives you a chance maybe to reflect back or I'd like to always ask, what would you go back and tell your younger self? So go back to any point of young. Um, it doesn't matter. Is, is probably it. Don't, don't, don't take it so seriously. Um, you know, it's, I, I, I've always struggled with the idea of I, I don't really know what I want to do when I grow up. And, you know, you're in your 40s and you still haven't come to that realisation. But then, you know, you come to a point where you say, hey, I am growing up and, you know, maybe the, um, you know, maybe the journey's the destination, you know, like just, just do what feels right now and don't stress about not being in a certain place or not, have achieved a certain amount of things just just chill out you know don't feel that you you know you've constantly got to be striving for something that you're not doing right now is probably what would have given me the most benefit when i was younger 
I think that just comes back to what you said earlier about with the kids. It's just about, you know, you obviously mentioned about being present and being in the moment, but it's the same for now. Like, you know, there's, you always see that story about when someone's on their deathbed, they never once said, I wish I had more money. They always want more time. And so I guess it comes back. If we're living in the present, that's only going to, you know, we're only going to be making the most of that time that we've got. I think that's pretty, some pretty cool advice. All right, camera well, mate, I appreciate you giving us a bit of an insight into you and about about into glow and whereabouts can people find you if they are if there is something that they're looking for um, whereabouts can they find you um, yep www.interglow.com.au. Um, and just come in via the contact page there and um, and you know particularly if you let me know that you uh, you heard this on the podcast um, I'll get straight back to you and see what we can do to give you a hand. Beauty. Well, hopefully we can send some on your way, but if not, even just hopefully they've been able to take some insights out of um, out of your tips as a dad and a business owner and combining the two and also too about getting into fitness journey. Hopefully it motivates someone if they've let that slide over the last little bit of time to put another focus back on that as well, especially if they do have a bit of extra time on their hands with our current situation in the world at the moment. So Cameron, thanks for your time. I appreciate you sharing um, some of your knowledge with us today on Small Business Dads and all the best, mate. Okay, thanks, Daniel. Thanks for the chat. Well, there you go. Thanks to Cameron for sharing those insights with us. I hope you're able to take something out of it as a dad, uh, especially if you're a single dad yourself, but also too as a small business owner. I hope some of those tips were able to help you that he shared that he's able to manage the two um, sides of being a dad and being a business owner. Now, what I would like to do is offer you a chance, speaking of the fitness side of things where Cameron's on his little fitness journey, I'd like to help you if you are looking to undertake one yourself. What I would suggest, if you're interested in a copy of my book, Short and Sweet, The 20-Minute Home Workout Solution for Busy Parents, that's right, you don't have to spend hours to work out and exercise, give me 20 minutes three times a week and I'll help you get back on track by following the workout plan in this little book. I want to give you a free copy. All you need to do is write a review. If you're on Apple Podcasts, go to the write a review function for small business dads. Give us your two cents, what you get out of the podcast and how it's been able to help you. Screenshot that review and send it to me, Daniel at dpntransformation.com. Make sure you put in your address as well and I'll send you a free copy as a thank you for helping spread the word to other dads just like yourself that are in small business. And speaking of that, if you do want to feature and be featured on here, once again, email daniel at dpmtransformation.com. Tell me a bit about you, about your family, and about your business, and I'd love to get you on and have a chat and share your story. Until next week, Daniel Monday, over and